1: Down.
0: Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard edged, hard nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan.
2: You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan.
0: From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport.
3: Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White and today myself, Simon and Martin Keown looked at Marcus Rashford's comments as he hit back at some of his critics this season for a bias against them. Should his talking not be done on the pitch? meantime as hibernian contemplate reducing fan allocations to combat the problem of flares would any pyro wielding supporters be brave enough to join us on air plus simon took martin to task on the issue of subjective punditry is the arsenal invincible able to take off his red tinted specs this is outspoken with white and jordan another massive weekend of course of uh, football and uh, yet another Manchester derby Manchester City up against Manchester United will Marcus Rashford uh, be selected by Eric Ten Hag in that United team you have to think probably Probably will be. Uh, what has Marcus been doing? He's been in the news at times, but not for the right reasons. Uh, for a trip over to Northern Ireland, which uh, saw him ap- apologise later. or Did he apologise later? He, 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 gave, he gave news to Manchester United the following morning that he wouldn't be at a training session because he was feeling unwell. And there was all sorts of uh, spin put on that. And Marcus has been the subject of a lot of conversation as to whether or not his commitment is where it should be and as much as it should be on the field of play. Anyway, let's leave it to Marcus because Marcus has let his voice be heard. He's been speaking on a neutral platform. How would you describe it? For players, maybe, who want to put their side of the story without any kind of media spin. It's a platform that allows players to have their say. It's called Players' Tribune. And amongst a whole bunch of things... This was Marcus on his thinking, on where he's at.
4: Stuff that gets written about me, like 90% of it is false. (laughs) They want the publicity, they they want the attraction, they want people talking about anything as long as it's got their name in it. And a lot of the stories that I see about me is pretty much that, you know, there's one or two facts about the situation and the rest, someone's just gone off on their own and continuing to Guess what a night out or a day with me would would look like, and it's difficult to stop them from doing that, but my thing is don't I don't want people to be fickle and question stuff about me that in my opinion, they should already know. The problem is is when people start to believe them <laughs> it's being pushed that oh you're unprofessional, you're this, you're that he goes out too much, he got too many tattoos, whatever it is, it, it's when the public starts to believe what they're reading.
3: So um, a whole variety of grievances there uh, that Marcus is reeling off, suggesting that people in the media maybe get them wrong, and people in the media maybe cite the wrong types of examples to throw up an argument against Marcus as a modern-day footballer playing at probably, arguably, the biggest club in the, the world. They even talk about his body language, my jewellery, or even my tattoos. That could be you, Simon, because you don't like uh, Premier League players, top players having tattoos. No, I just think they're lemons. I don't think there's any individuality about it. That's my own criticism. Before I get your take on that, Oliver Brown, chief sports writer in The, the Telegraph, um, talking about Rashford this morning, and the headline is, if if Rashford wants greater respect, he should stop. Uh, proving his own worst enemy and oliver says the message is plain here's a figure of impeccable loyalty misunderstood and essentially beyond reproach true the pride he articulates in wearing the united shirt is profound but over the past few months is it a curious way of showing it i think that's relatively fair observation I do think there's been some, thump,
2: some things written about Marcus Rashford that have been unkind and unfair and I think one of them was about 18 months ago which I defended on his behalf where a journalist was very mean-spirited and written about his property portfolio and, the, and his financial wealth and I thought, well, what the hell's that got to do with anything other than the politics of envy? Why are you writing an article like that? I think it's very difficult to... I mean, I think that's a self-indulgent whine from him on a platform that doesn't question, just allows them to be able to tell everyone how hard done by they, what they are or what they feel is unjust. I think it's difficult to argue players themselves, other ex-players and it's a taboo not to criticise players are suggesting that he's walking around like impending doom. His performances at Manchester United, with a notable exception of a period of time last year, have been uh, the performances of someone that looks fundamentally unhappy doesn't feel he um, doesn't embody quite the the outlook that people like Anthony Martial have, which is seemingly they don't get the culture of what it's like to play for Man United and the sort of players that will get you the sack because they're just lightweight and not worth the worth, worth the time. But Marcus Rashford walks around like the world is troubling him, and that there is a constant uh, there is a constant dissection of his performances because he plays for one of the most talked about football clubs in the world. His performances are hit and miss. His 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 attitude off the pitch seems to be inappropriate judgments constantly in terms of where he thinks he should be on his birthday, why he thinks he should be able to potentially extend a period of time when he's been given some absence of leave and then turn up, not turn up the next morning for training and these are things that a high profile footballer playing for one of the biggest goldfish football clubs in the world is going to get a criticism for,
3: then you do look you, at his performances but do, you, do you believe him here when he says my family turned down life changing money when I was a kid so I could wear this badge I don't doubt it.
2: I don't know what that means and what that means in terms of um, the opportunities he's got on Man United, but I assume by going to Man United he wasn't going to be a pauper. I assume that ultimately by going to Man United and being given the opportunities that Man United afford you, he is going to be a very successful young man, and as it happens, that's what he is economically. I do think that a lot of the criticism about his performances on the field his outlook, his disposition, the judgment calls that he appears to have made, whether it's having a surgery after the European Championships, um, uh, two, uh, go, so going on holiday and then deciding to have surgery rather than prioritising his club, whether it's selecting a, part, a place to go to have his birthday. But more importantly, all of this stems from one poison tree, his performances on the pitch. They're and you not, think he
3: lacks commitment?
2: I don't. I, I think he lacks resolution and determination and application, I do not think he's as good a player as people have built him up to be. And I think that's also unfortunate because he's characterised in a way that he's a world-class footballer and he's not. So he's judged by that.
3: So Simon's looking at his performances on the field of play. And is it hard to argue with this? Again, Oliver Brown in The Telegraph, Martin. The loss at Newcastle captured it all. Prior to his uh, 61st-minute substitution, Rashford was pictured barely jogging at times, neglecting to track back. One verdict was especially withering. He needs to sort his head out. He's not working hard enough. The person who uttered these words, Nicky Butt, the head of United's Academy, who's known Rashford since he first joined, age seven. You know, I think, I think this is a very sincere young
5: man. I think he feels very strongly and he, he feels a bit hurt, but I don't see someone who's necessarily taking responsibility for his actions. And I, if I was in his camp... I wouldn't be talking about, it's a privilege to play for Manchester United. I wouldn't be confusing the wealth that's involved in going somewhere else with the privilege of playing for Manchester United. Um, If this helps him to get it off his chest and and to play well, then fair enough. But to me, I just would want him focused. I wouldn't want him to be worrying about public opinion. I wouldn't want him to be worrying about former players. He's put your energy into winning games for Manchester United. And his focus isn't there at the moment. And I, it's kind of like a player that you watch him and you feel he's not completely engaged. It's like, you know, is he too aware of what's going on around him? Is he too self-conscious? Just get in there and score the goals you scored last year. He scored 30 goals last season. He's only managed five this season. He's had copious amounts of shots, 55 shots this year. Something isn't quite right with the way he's applying himself. It was without the ball, Jim, where you can see it. You don't, it's kind of like, don't take it on board, but improve. Everybody wants to see him do well. In the, this summer, hopefully, we'll be seeing him doing it wonderfully well in an England shirt. So everybody wants to see him. Re, re, and when you're a young man at the top of your game, it seems like the world's on his shoulders. Now he went off to Northern Ireland for some reason, Jim, inexcusable. A couple of days before a game, that was immensely um, unprofessional. I'd have been apologising for that. First of all, guys, look, just wanted, don't ever question my commitment. That I, I took a wrong step, but do you now
3: i Do you question his commitment?
5: On the field of play. I just think it's about focus. I've met him. I've had the pleasure of meeting him. I did something with him uh, a few years ago for McDonald's. He turned up to, to meet, greet, talk to people. He went beyond that. We couldn't get him off the pitch. He was playing a small-sided game. He, he loves football. He loves football. you just got to get him back in the right mode. I put that down. Ten Hag has to help him here. He needs support around him. Mm. But I don't know necessarily if it's a good idea. Jim, people say, do you are talking on the pitch? But players... But he's he's cloaking his perspective in victimhood. It's nothing to do with him. Maybe maybe his support base is emotionally too attached... Uh, because I feel that sometimes when family have to hear criticism, it hurts them just as much, and it hurts you to see it happening. Well, but and then you come but, out but, and speak. But
2: that's the reality of being a man in the world, and ultimately the privileged position that you're in is you're playing for one of the best football clubs in the world. You're economically at a level that most people literally dream of, and yet you don't seem to understand the responsibility. You make judgment calls, and then you're crying potentially to a platform that's indulging this whining mentality. Strip away
5: all the money. If you gave him a magic wand, what does he want most? Well, He's got know. to want to be successful for Manchester well, that's United. If that hope. is not there, then there's a problem. And then you look at the, and, and you look at his uh, 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 his
2: reaction to adversity. If this was a constant stream. Of praise and, and endless praise, you wouldn't hear him sitting on a platform saying, "I am so grateful for this praise. I am so grateful for the support that I've got. It makes my life so much more easy." When it becomes about adversity and challenges, and people write unfair things and people say unkind things, we live in an unkind world. But they only write it because you're giving them the ammunition. If your performance is on the pitch, and there is this focus, like there is this focus on Aaron Ramsdale when it when, you know earlier in the season when the cameras immediately turned to Ramsdale on the pitch to see mm-hmm. what he mm-hmm. on, the, on the on the um yeah. On the on the um I dug out on the yeah. side. I yeah. see what he's doing. Yeah. So there is this focus on his body language, but he has created this narrative. It is he that's created it. It's him that's not performing at a high level. There wasn't this criticism for him last season. It goes with the territory. And to do this sort of sort of cleansing of one's soul and letting people know <laughs> that he feels hard done by it and yeah. that it's not fair and ultimately he's being judged in an unfair prism, it is I think is rather childish.
0: essential download. Outspoken with White and
3: Jordan. At the Carabao Cup on Sunday, Liverpool won it. But the first time they thought they'd score, when Van Dijk uh, thought he'd put the ball in the back of the net, which he had, and the the goal was rolled out, Um, I saw in the Liverpool area a whole bunch of flares being set off. And I thought, oh, what am I seeing here? Uh, So much so at Wembley, there was a sign, huge big sign on the uh, massive scoreboards there. Pyrotechnics, remember, we shouldn't have them in the stadium. They're not allowed in the stadium, so don't uh, set them off. They shouldn't be there in the first place. So the warning sign was there. But nonetheless, we saw them. Now, Hibs in Scotland have said that they could reduce ticket allocations for the old firm. Who are the old firm? Rangers and Celtic, of course. For Rangers and Celtic fans, if the trend of flares continues, you'll probably remember visiting Rangers fans let off paratechnics uh, in the away end at Easter Road in January. Celtic fans also did so uh, earlier in the month. We've seen them at Dens Park, Dundee as well. And now, Hibs, for one, are saying... Well, if we see them again, we might well cut your ticket allocation. We might well trim down the numbers of away fans we let in, pyrotechnics or not. This was the Hibs chief exec, Ben Kensel. As Hearts have, as other clubs have, um, you know, it's our prerogative in the SPFL to reduce allocations if we wish. Up to this point, we haven't. I think we, as clubs, should discuss it before taking it to league level. I think it's something that we, as a collective group, need to understand, right, how do we eradicate this from our game? Um, Because it should be about what happens on the pitch. Well said, Ben. So, I mean, why is it fans seemingly can't accept that the the dangers here outweigh any perceived positives of uh, enhancing an atmosphere by letting off some kind of a flare or pyro? because they don't think they have to or certain fans don't think they have to
2: and every time we talk about this subject you'll get a series of people piling into it saying what a pair of old curmudgeons we are um, and how you don't get the dynamic of it and what is that and the other if it's not your property it's not your stadium you don't own it you're a fan participating in the team that you love but it's not your stadium and if the part of the parcel of going out stadium is the football club says you can't use pyrotechnics whether you like it or you don't your opinion is not really relevant you are not to let off pyrotechnics and I would be, if it were my football club, and it would. the difficulty is the away fans, but my first port of call would be the home fans. And if I've asked them repeatedly, because this is the guidelines, these are the instructions, and the reasons are not there to be miserable and stop people from enjoying themselves, there are good, solid safety reasons behind it, it really wouldn't be a discussion for me. I would root out the people that brought them in, and I would ban them. And then they can, fr- they can let their pyrotechnics and their smoke bombs off outside the ground. They can Band do it indefinitely. In Jim, yeah. like,
5: are these not glorified fireworks. Yeah. They, I mean, it's, it's damaging. How, how are they getting in? we're not searching in these individuals oh. should we not should we not really be improving the think about it, te- Martin. how i mean if you're trying to get 50,000 you know what people
2: are looking like well, for I'm searching before I go into every game but you're going perhaps you're going into corporate entities and going into certain environments if you're trying to get 50,000 people into a football stadium where most people turn up at quarter to 3 yeah think about the searching routine that's going to go in that place think yeah. about how long it's going to take it's
3: well now impossible you're no. relying on them to get the message but in Scotland Simon, they're not just frowned upon pyrotechnics they're illegal they're is illegal.
2: it then they're 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 illegal then in false consequences in the same way that we're talking about Martin's discussion last week with that member's bill being put through on the basis of of, of tailgating and a consequence attached to it, in false consequences. And then maybe you'll stop people from doing it. Yeah, If they understand there's a consequence to it. It's the only
3: way, Martin, it would seem. Start getting serious. They're trying to get serious in Scotland. They're trying. Eleven people were arrested at football matches for carrying or using pyrotechnics within six months of this new legislation being introduced. It's kind of what we need down here well we do I'm, I'm really surprised we haven't got it we need to
5: we need to enforce that and obviously we then needs to be a jeopardy
3: in the Liverpool end I saw a come. dozen or more flares been set off
5: I just feel and it's, then it takes forever I, I just for feel the it's smoke a little bit to shocking clear when, the pitch. You see, when you're there you see it you know you think well, what's that now what are we dealing with you know people everyone's running away from it it, it causes unnecessary stress for people in the stands Jim I, I'm not sure if there's any real enjoyment in doing it I don't know why they do it Yeah. Uh, we need to ban it obviously as soon as we can
3: I mean th- th- there's a message there There's. No naming it, but thank you for it. Jim, I was at Stevenage Cambridge on Tuesday. Away Cambridge fans were trying to throw them into the home end. Luckily, they didn't reach us, and they went off on the pitch. Uh, I bet you don't mention this because it's League One. Well, I have just mentioned it, of course, uh, and it's our duty to mention it. I just wonder if anyone's brave enough this morning. You know, no names, no pack drill, but are you somebody that takes a pyrotechnic into a football match? Are you somebody who lets it off? Number one, why do you do it? Number two, what do you think you're achieving by doing it? Now, you don't need to give us a name, but you can call in. Because do you honestly think it enhances the match experience, the match atmosphere? Because to my mind, probably to Martins and to Simons as well, it doesn't. But do you do it? If so, why? Come on, be brave. Give us a call.
0: download stand well back listen outspoken with white and jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station talk sport
3: those who have have used pyrotechnics in the past or continue to do so i said to you moments ago if you're brave enough come on and tell us why you do it it's my understanding ben who's a luton fan um ben you you have been involved with pyrotechnics taking them into grounds in the past is that right do you want to elaborate on that good morning yeah,
6: good morning. Uh, yeah, my name's Ben, uh, Flute to Town fam, author of a book, Remorphology Home. I've, uh, I've got arrested for setting off a uh football match, uh, Lo- uh, Blackburn against Luton, when we went 2-0, when we drew
3: 2-0. You got arrested. So you took in a flair, knowing that at some stage you would be letting that off, and you paid uh, the price for doing that. Why? Why, well, do you, why, why did you take I'm, it in? I didn't take it to the
6: ground myself. Okay. It was being around the ground. And obviously, at the moment of excitement of, of getting 2 all against Blackburn, fighting for promotion, etc. cetera, um, yeah, I pulled the pin, let, let the flare off. But like I said, paid the ultimate pr- uh, price. The police tried to put a three-year banning order on me. I was arrested. I was remanded in custody overnight because I missed a court appearance. And it went on for a long time. But I beat the banning order. I didn't get a banning order in the end.
3: Well, Ben, you've been very honest and open about this. So what lesson did you learn from that? Well,
6: financially, quite a lot. But, um, yeah, it's just not... It's just... just, Yeah, I didn't really learn the lesson. You know, I don't... I've I've worked with Flares all my life. Um, It it, it wasn't aimed at anyone as a missile. It was... um, It was a bit of fun, but it went wrong.
3: But are they a bit of fun, Ben, or are they a danger? And, and should people get the message that they're not welcome inside football stadiums?
6: It depends on how they're used, whether they're dangerous or not. You know, you, you look at Formula One and they're getting, off, they're getting let off in the ground all day long. Or at a rugby match, it wouldn't be a problem. But they try, they, they try to tie flares in with hooliganism, that's the problem. Obviously, if they, use a, if, if they use a missile being thrown at somebody, then I understand where it was coming from because that can be used as a pyrotechnic and it can, and it can hurt it can cause it can cause death in the worst case. But if, if you're just using it as a bit of fun, letting it off in your hand, not it anyone, there's, there's great areas on both
3: ends. Uh, ben, stay in the line. Would you hear Scott, the Rangers fan, Glasgow Rangers fan? Scott, good morning. What do you want to say off the back of what we heard from Ben? <coughs> yeah,
7: morning, Jim. Morning, Simon and Martin. Morning, uh, the, morning. Thing about, the thing about these flares... And smoke bombs. People have suffered from asthma and different types of uh, lung diseases. And when me and my son and that go to the football when they let them off, we have to leave that area because we can't breathe. People need to understand what they're doing to folk. But see the biggest problem is as well, Jim. See the police in Scotland. See the Dundee game that you were speaking about a couple of weeks ago. Yes. See when they were stood and they were all released and let off. There three policemen standing next to the guys that let these guys... Uh, ...hand these out and let them off. It's on the video at the very start. The police were there. They seen who heard them. They should have been to and stopped them. So, Scott, does there need to be a bit of self-policing amongst the fans? Yes, there does. But see, the problem with it is, Jim, there's too many fans that like it and enjoy it... ...because I'm not taking that away from it. See, if you're standing on the other side of the stadium, it looks good at night. But there's far too many fans... That don't like it. There was a Celtic fan was hurt a couple of months back. We won as well. He was burnt yeah. in his back because it caught his hangman. They yeah. need to be stopped. But see the thing you're talking about, Hibs, as well? See your friend Ewan Cameron, the radio DJ. Go on. Go and have a wee look in his uh, Twitter page, Jim, and you'll see about the things that's more important. Hibs okay. fans flung a knife at the boy Shanklin
3: okay well that's another matter scott and but we, we will look at it scott thank you for that ben when you, you you hear another football fan of another club coming on and saying you know they can bring about an asthma attack you know the smoke that comes off these things it's got to come to an end ben surely hasn't it you know you've paid a heavy yeah. price and you've been brave enough and honest enough to come on board in fact simon you said it's a football stadium you're going in there as a guest of that host football club mm-hmm. It's wrong to behave in a fashion like that if it's gonna cause adverse problems. Well I
2: have empathy with football fans when the, the change of direction about pitch invasions where football seemed to encourage it once upon a time. I don't believe football's ever encouraged people using flares. And so with that in mind, I think it's a very simple guideline on more to the point a very simple directive. Do as you're told. Don't bring flares inside a stadium. That's the end of the discussion. Your opinion is irrelevant. Whether you think it adds to the atmosphere is incidental. If you're told you cannot let flares off, then you cannot let flares off. And I wish that people, like the, the previous caller said, the, the police were standing there. I wish the police would have nicked him. Yeah. Because with due respect to Ben, he's got his collar felt. And the only reason he won't do it again is probably because he got his
7: collar felt. I mean, Ben,
3: you, you did get your collar felt. Would you put out a message this morning, Ben, that other fans should think twice about it? Because you too will end up in trouble with the law.
6: Yeah, there is that. There is that. You know, uh, I was lucky not to get a free football in order. But if they're going to be illegal in the ground, they should be illegal carrying them to the ground as well. Because I've seen endless fans letting them off at night after the game in Luton as an away fan. You know what I mean? So if they get and there's police around, so it's it's got to be one rule for one. And you know what I mean? It can't just be well you took it into the ground. Well, you, it. Can't, you, you can't you can't
2: make people carrying flares illegal because it's not an illegal product. what' you're, what we're saying in the same way that laws are changing about people going into football stadiums can now be prosecuted if they tailgate, you can make the, 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 the issue a matter of illegality about letting them off in confined spaces. So it's a very simple exercise. You can't stop people from using pyrotechnics in their own space and place and if they're traveling to a game, but you can insist that they don't use, use them inside the stadium and if they do, they get what you've got.
6: Well, I didn't I didn't get a ban, so I was... Well, I was, you should I, have done. Well, I don't.
2: I disagree with that. Well, you would, because you're the one that let the bloody, fl- uh, bloody flare off and you're in my ground, you'd have got a ban, mate.
6: Uh, well, I wouldn't, because I would use the same solicitor and got off the ban, but... You'd have
2: got banned, because t- it's my private property and you'd have been banned, mate. End of discussion. I, I might have got banned from your ground, but I wouldn't have got a football ban in order. Well, that's, that's fine. Ultimately, that's something for football to look at and football to pass through the ideals behind safety because despite your protestations that the, the, the product itself is safe if it's used properly, you may well be a sensible man in some respects in terms of knowing how to utilise it. There are plenty of morons that aren't and one injury to somebody because guys like you think it adds to atmosphere is one injury too many and I've got zero tolerance. Why don't you just do as you're told? do
6: as I'm how would,
2: you, how would you like me to come round your house, walk in your front room, and you say, don't take, don't walk in with your shoes, and i come on a pair of muddy boots and stand all over your furniture. Would you like that?
6: But yeah, it, We're not talking about your front room, are about You're house. talking
2: about a football stadium, which you're a guest in. And in that football yeah. stadium, you have to behave yourself. And there's an element of respect that's required. And if you're asked not to do something, why don't you do as you're told? <laughs> you sound like the police. I sound like somebody that's questioning somebody that doesn't understand that in certain certain scenarios you have to do as you're told. We all have to do as we're told in certain respects. And I don't have any respect for people that don't understand the parameters of doing things that are potentially unpalatable to
3: other people. It's unnecessary. You've got a brilliant football stadium. Simon's not wrong, is he, Ben? Come on.
2: Have
6: you got let off outside your football ground, then? Say again? Would you get upset if it got set up outside your ground?
2: But I don't have the... First of all, it's not in a controlled environment. First of all... And second it was not surrounded it's by thousands of other people that might not like what you're doing football. and might not think it it's necessary. And what happens outside football. a football stadium is different to what happens inside it. Well,
3: not really, no, because you've still got a junior care. Ben. What? I think, I think the message is pyrotechnics and football do not go together, mate. You can see that.
6: Well, some like it, some don't. I think if they use if they use safely,
0: it's not a problem. Your 100 percent essential down, outspoken with White and Jordan.
3: Martin and I locked horns. I don't know if you remember this, Martin, back no. in 2022. When you famously included no Tottenham players in your North London combined eleven. Suggesting that you were standing up for Arsenal, uh, going into full cry, uh, then going into White Hart Lane. Mm. Um, and in fact, we can we can we can remember and we can hear what you said at the time. Do you regret, Mr. Keown, saying this Say week what? that you wouldn't take any Spurs players in your that Arsenal? That was size? me
5: standing up for an Arsenal team going into full cry in a battle in White Hart Lane. Let's get it on, and I'm backing my players. I don't want players to see. So you're off. standing but,
3: up for Arsenal. When of you said I was that, standing up, but, for you, didn't oh, really mean, prize, but you didn't really it? mean it.
5: Uh, I think everybody knows the quality of Son and Kane and Kulovchewski, who's now come in. He's come so from Juventus. So would
2: you have those in your Arsenal side, then?
5: I think, uh, I think I'd like... No, I don't think of all three. I wouldn't have all three of them. Would you have any of them? Uh, I'd have two of them, yes. So why
2: would you write an article saying you'd have none of them?
5: Because I'm going into an article... Well, that's uh, not a an article. Then that's, a, that's an avatorial. What not, you're doing not, is you're doing not, bias. We not got, really. We got, we've got people not really. that listen to. I'm them. standing up for from my. From, is this well, is the biggest but, game of it, in, le, in living it, memory is, is between job, these I mean, two I would teams.
2: I thought your job was to write an educated article.
5: Sometimes we can be mischievous. Which Simon's not. Jim's not the only one who can be mischievous and a little bit sensational. No, don't, don't, the, don't turn it back
3: at me. What you said in the Daily Mail, then you didn't really mean. <laughs> Um,
5: We've gone in into the archives to pick a, that out. So we remember as well.
3: Um, Simon was suggesting to you there that uh, what you were offering wasn't an honest appraisal. In other words, you were wearing your Arsenal tinted spectacles. It, the reason I asked Martin is that Danny Murphy this week said objectivity when you're a pundit on radio or TV is a tough thing to achieve. This was Danny. I think at times when you do our job, there is inevitably a little bit of that because of friendships, because of likes, dislikes, certain types of football, certain players, attitudes, behaviours. It's human nature to like some players and managers and teams better than others. If anything, I think it can go the other way. I think you can actually do bad punditry because you try not to be that and you go the other way. So when you're trying not to be objective, that's when you run the risk of doing bad punditry. I don't know. Martin, is it impossible to be impartial? <laughs>
5: uh, probably probably but I think you can I think you can work hard you know to, to, to be impartial. I mean I, I think I, I would defy any Spurs fan that comes on right now and says that I've been critical of Spurs. Really, ever been critical of Spurs? I always try and look on the bright side. For, for me, certainly their manager, and now he just picked up an award. By the way, last night, didn't he? I'm not quite certain about that. It's ready for to receive awards, but nonetheless, he's changed. It's transformational at Spurs right now. Yeah. Um, I don't look at Manchester United with any kind of hatred, or you know, uh, well, I think we we can go overboard, certainly with Arsenal and with Manchester United. You don't hate United. Prob-
6: no, 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 I don't. I think hatred, I think hatred
5: is a big word. Okay. I think um, you know, we become a little bit too emotional, don't we, when we when we use that word. They seem very protective, so it's a club. It's obviously an area that, they, that the Man United fans don't want me to go into. Uh, you're kind of not worthy. This is you're not on, worthy to talk about our club. This so, is based so,
2: upon the. This is based upon the criticism that Jamie Carragher had of some of the tactics that were being deployed by Man United and the argument then spiralled on about objectivity when you have a favourite team in the conversation. And Danny was talking about the yeah. the difficulty of it. Now, obviously your newspaper article was the most craven example of bias and lack of objectivity and a fanzine. <laughs> well, no, that was about picking a
5: consummate 11, which I'm never a really big fan of. In fact, I didn't want to do it. So I, I just picked an <laughs> Arsenal team
3: going into the battle. <laughs>
5: So that—that is that the thing, want to which it, is what but we I will do it, when we but don't I'm, want to
3: answer a question. We—we we, yeah, we, we say what we action. actually want to. But when you look uh, back in that, that wasn't the wisest thing to do, would you concede well, that now, I'm, Martin? Well, I'm not. That's two years ago. I'm. Let's look at what a North London. Let's, let's look at really, the Carragher well, situation it, with Ten Hag. It, it, Ten Hag. I just feel—is
5: it? I don't know. Is there a change taking place at Manchester United? Are they considering themselves to be too nice? And then now suddenly they're like, OK, let's go after some of the journalists that say things. I, I often wonder, is Sir Alex Ferguson now becoming more prominent? What would Sir Alex Ferguson done in a press conference? Half of these guys wouldn't have been allowed in. And by now, he probably would have shown his teeth. It's a bit late for Ten Hag to do that. I don't think he's got that kind of um, style of management. Um, if we look at this week, just this week, he's been talking about, you know, Anthony is a, an outstanding talent. I mean, he's has one goal, one assist. He's unstoppable. So when they say things like that, then I can imagine I can I can see why Carragher gets annoyed, and then and, and wants to throw, you know, t- statistics at them and wants to show throw tactics at them, and I don't think you should be really worrying about what other people are going to think or say to you. Certainly not the mm. managers. We mm. we by and large we've got some fantastic managers in in the Premier League, but you've got to hand on heart, Jim, you know when when you were a player, you know you got on the ball, you made something happen, and you passed it to a colleague when you didn't have anything on. With the microphone is no different. You now get on the microphone, you say something, you've got nothing to say, you pass the microphone on to Simon. And, and that's how it is. Make something happen when you're, when you're on the pitch, make something happen in the studio. Give us some content that we're going to go away thinking, okay, that makes sense, I understand that, that's a good opinion, that's a bad opinion, but it's an opinion nonetheless. But is your content impartial? I try very hard to be impartial, yes,
3: 100%. You sure? Um, if, yeah, you're asked, if you're asked to pick a North London Combined mm. eleven, say for this weekend... Would you include a Tottenham player in it? Well,
5: I might I might look at I'd say, look, pass that article on to someone else. I don't want to do consummate 11s. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about the strengths and the virtues of the Spurs team. And I think it actually would make actually a very good game, that one. Both teams are playing a really attacking football. I think Spurs right now are just a little bit too open and Arsenal will probably beat them uh, because they because they don't... Pay enough attention. But do you to, think there's anything
2: in the ob- observation and the allegation that's being made that there's a lack of objectivity? Jamie gets very excitable in Liverpool games. We
5: shouldn't be cheerleaders for our teams. Yeah, I, do you, I don't like cheerleaders. Do cheerleader the accusation is fair? I think that the Sky set up has put it put it up there to do that. When you've got representatives, big name representatives from various clubs, and they become cheerleaders, I think they've got to, to work very hard. But isn't now, that now a choice? King's an example, Keen, Keen
2: doesn't do that, does he? No, Keen, Keen I think Roy is very. I think Roy to be I think does very well. Uh,
5: that's right. But Gary, of course, and, and Jamie, they're both in the commentary box. I imagine um, they will be at the, at the weekend. Um, what I don't hope, I hope, doesn't happen this week. It doesn't become the story about Manchester United when if City were to win this one by you know a cricket score, because it's not about Manchester United. It's about the the beauty of Man City. We're not really. I think they suffer a little bit, City, to be honest.
3: Yeah, yeah, but that's with, with, another matter. Without when, without when, the credit. When you call commentary, talking about whether when or not you call commentary
5: and what we're listening to, and I think that's an example. Are you
3: one hundred percent impartial? When Arsenal are playing, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't say
5: hand on heart I would be, no. Which is why I don't think really I should be in the commentary box when we're doing a, an Arsenal game when they're playing against Spurs or they're playing against Man United. Or it's I don't think we should be listening to that because it becomes a little bit about the commentators and the co-commentators and it mm. certainly isn't about them, it's about
3: what's on the pitch. Do you think we should look at punditry in a different way? That's man? my like call. This weekend, Manchester against Manchester United. I'm not the director of, of uh, Sky TV, but no, they have no, their own way of wanting to do it, in it. Man City against Man United. Do you think the pundits should be one ex City, one ex United, alongside the host David Jones? Do you think there yeah, should be one of each? That? What's wrong with that? Or have two people who have had nothing ever to do with either Manchester club? No, I
5: think I think it's okay in the studio. I think it's really good to see people in the studio. It's just one step removed, and they have time to think about what they're saying. I, I, it's it's the commentary that I where I'm opposed to it.
2: Yeah. See, I don't I, honestly. I don't even, even with Neville and Carragher, I don't listen to their commentary and become offended that they are invested because it's it's priced in that they both played for these football clubs. As long as their commentary yeah. has sense attached to it and isn't serving our agendas, I get tired of listening. I think, to that, I think they're very, the I gazes, think they're very
5: good, but, but not in those games when it's the teams are that this where the teams that they play for themselves. I don't think it's great, a great listen because because Gary Sol, Gary can sulk and goes really quiet for a period yeah, when actually no, we want to hear some content. We want to hear something from about his name? We don't have a representation from Jamie's, Man City the, the in the commentary The box. accusation
2: is being made because Jamie's been critical. The real genesis of this accusation is started. Oh, he's been honest, well, isn't he? Well, let me tell you what the real genesis of my perception is: is that Ten Hag is pushing back and suggesting he's got a Liverpool bias and applying it over Man United's performances. Right, right. right. And I don't. The statistics don't bear that out in terms of if Jamie Carragher doesn't have a point in what he's saying.
5: then so you think he doesn't have a point in his statistics?
2: I, I think that what Jamie Carey, the observation about who was pressing and who didn't do their jobs and what they were being told by the coach was a fair observation. It had nothing to do with the fact he was a former Liverpool player. I, I, I think that's a very tenuous leap for Ten Hag to make. When he gets excitable and overcooks the pudding about Liverpool's performances, I get it. But when he's, obje- when he's, when he's talking about uh, Man United's job in a completely game different game when they're not playing against Liverpool, I think it's a ridiculous observation. What it is, is it's a typical tactic of those that perceive they in a position of influence and power. Don't play the man so i play the game, play the man. Mm. I'm going to make this about Carragher rather than his observation. Is his observation crap? Because if his observation is crap, demolish it. If it isn't, what's it got to do with the fact that he used to play for Liverpool once?
5: Yeah, but if we look at Manchester United, if, I'm, if, if I may talk about them... You know, we, we they, you played, they, you they, they they talk, they played the other night, so it's very clear. Amrabat comes into midfield uh, uh, as the inverted fullback. The two central defenders they they go the whip for the pitch, the uh, whip for the penalty box, and then T- McTominay's allowed What's to go. What's this got look, to do look, with objective look, punditry? No, I'm, I'm saying that, that this is how they do it. But when we watch them, we're not really sure what they're doing when they go to press. If you look at Man City, they've got there's so many assists in so their what team. Saying? So it's off the cuff. Manchester United is off the cuff. Let me see, Anthony. On how many is, how many crosses are we getting? So what I'm saying is, we, I think it's I think it's fair game to have a look at Ten Hag and say, okay, tactically we're not really quite certain of what you're trying to achieve. I can see the picture emerging, what you're doing with the ball, but without the ball, I don't think it's overly fantastic. If Spurs
2: play Arsenal, and you were commentating. Would you be objective, and balanced, and fair?
5: I would. Yes, I, in a professional well, duty, are. I would endeavour to do that. But I don't and do think, think that's the, happening. And at do you think
2: on the? So you don't think on the whole that there's a lot of objectivity in some no. of the comment? You don't. No, I don't. I you think do it's not. very
5: subjective reaction every time that, because it's a naturally and they become you and others. No, I'm not getting the opportunity to do the games at high level am I in co-composition. I'm saying that the current guys are acting like cheerleaders and I think this weekend would be nice to see here a little bit of professionalism. Oh, right. tooting his own horn again. Okay. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm not. I'm just saying what I'm having to listen. So to. you'd be objective and you wouldn't fall into the same trap of subjectivity even though
2: you write an article. I try which my best, but you're bringing subjective. it back to an article.
5: And I'm saying I'm bringing it back to a co con because you try to defend it. It's a live. We're going live here, and I think you've got to give so credit, give credit, give credit where it's due. So you'd be worse if City win this by a cricket score. We might hear Gary say some nice things about so, Man City. So this in weekend. the
2: moment you, you you revert to your f- default setting, you had a conscious decision to be completely subjective in writing an article. Your crime is even greater. Stop bringing it back to that. Can't help
5: it. <laughs> do you hard. not do Do you not do this in some of your articles?
2: Being no, mischievous? I'm, I'm not at all. I'm I'm awful to everybody. With equal
0: That's measure. Pretty... Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan.
3: Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five star review. Wherever you get your podcast from, Sam Matterface will be stepping in on Monday to bring you the best of the show.